Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This podcast is brought to you by TeamTrade, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high-performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at teamtrait.com. Team, T-R-A-I-T dot com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Sales and marketing alignment. Oh, we try and do that here at Sales Fuel, but it's a never-ending battle, wouldn't you say? It is, and it's there's so many reasons why. And uh, you think it, it sounds easy, right? You know, it's like okay, you, you get both oars in the water, each each you know, at the same cadence. You're you're in swing, if you will, and uh, you know it it sounds easy, but oh, so difficult to do on a regular basis. So thank God our guest is here today. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. My name is Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel, and I'm C. Lee Smith, the CEO and founder of Sales Fuel. So to our rescue is Daryl Amy. Hi, Daryl. Thank you for coming today. It's fantastic to be here. We're going to have a great conversation. I can already tell. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely Daryl's jam. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He is on a mission to help great companies grow revenue. With 27 years of B2B marketing and sales experience, ranging from mid-sized local companies to enterprise organizations, Daryl has diverse experience across the sales and marketing landscape. He's trained thousands of salespeople in solution selling, created digital marketing strategies for hundreds of companies, and consulted with Fortune 500 tech. He knows what works and what doesn't. Also the author of the best-selling book, and get it on Amazon, Revenue Growth Engine, How to Align Sales and Marketing to Drive and Accelerate Growth. He's also the host, as if he's not busy enough, of a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's called the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's on C-Suite Radio, which we are on, that network. And he's also the co-host of Selling from the Heart Podcast and also a C-suite advisor. So Daryl, you're just, it's just how we all came to know each other. Uh, but your first right. time on the show, thank you. It's great to be here. And this topic is near and dear to my heart because when, when alignment between sales and marketing goes well, things go really, I mean, it's a really great accelerator. But much like driving your car when your car is out of alignment, if it's going poorly, you're just fighting back and forth. And lady, to use your analogy, it's like one you're paddling one way, the boat turns, and then you fight to turn it the other way. And, and when sales and marketing are out of alignment, it, it causes a lot of problems. And right now, it is really critical that companies get focused and moving in the same direction so they can accelerate growth in this critical time. We'll just call you the sales and marketing chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, there's so many ways to go uh, down that road. I don't think I'm going to do that. But alignment is is such <laughs> alignment is such a critical uh, a critical thing because 
we want to make sure that we are moving towards the objective. You know, I'm a sales junkie. I started my career in technology sales, uh, be 29 years ago. Now um, I started my career in marketing in college and started my marketing agency in 2004, riding the whole wave of digital uh, marketing. So I've, I've had both oars in the water now for the last couple of decades. And, and what I've noticed is when those two functions get going in the same direction, it's great, but it's not about sales as much as a sales junkie as I am. I always like to joke, I'm a recovering sales rep. I'm down to therapy twice a month. It's going pretty well. Uh, and I'm also uh, you know, a, a total nerd when it comes to the amazing opportunities we have to market now. But with all of that, it's not about sales. It's not about marketing. It's actually about revenue growth. And this is why it's so critical to get both functions focused in the direction of driving growth. What is the difference between sales and revenue growth? Great question. Uh, revenue growth comprises two things. Sales, I've found in my uh, world of sales, we tend to think about sales as landing the deal, you know, mm. bringing in the new logo, ringing the bell, writing it on <laughs> the board, slapping high fives. Uh, but as uh, Tiffany Bova shared at a tech conference I was at, I just thought this was brilliant. I love Tiffany's work, chief evangelist for Salesforce. And she would, she sat in front of our stood in front of a room full of 2,500 sales leaders in the technology space. And, and she said, if I may paraphrase, y'all are crazy. <laughs> she said, you're like people that <laughs> sold everything to go out in the 1800s and dig for gold during the gold rush and you find a gold mine and you, you know, get the nugget, you hold it up and go, look what I got. You slap high fives and you go, let's go find another gold mine. I think sales tends to be focused on landing the deal, whereas revenue takes a more holistic approach to saying, you know what? It's not just landing, it's expanding. It's not just market share, it's wallet share. And in the revenue growth engine book, what I discovered at, that was one of the aha moments to, uh, to beginning to put together the revenue growth engine is that there's really two and only two ways to drive revenue growth. One is net new, which my sales friends are all very familiar with, but the other is cross-selling. And I don't know about, uh, I don't know about you, Lee and, and Audrey, what you've found, but what I've discovered in most organizations, they're either good at net new or they tend to be good at cross-selling more to their current client base. When you can get good at both simultaneously, all of a sudden growth starts moving from being linear to being exponential. And that's where things get exciting. And to pull off net new and cross-sell at the same time, it takes a revenue mindset where sales and marketing are both aligned. I watched an interview you did where you talked about... Um scoring your sales and marketing alignment and also that there were, what is it, uh, five ways to analyze it? What, what was that all about? Well, we could talk about a couple alignment points uh, okay. here today. I think, you know, when, when your car gets out of alignment, and I think this is a great analogy because we all know, we talked about the frustration of driving down the road and also it's pulling to the left, it's pulling to the right, wheels shaking. Um, you know, and it's, it's actually dangerous. So when you finally get around to, uh, and it wears your tires out, it causes all kinds of problems. So do, so does sales and marketing misalignment, by the way. But when you finally bring your car into the shop to get the alignment, to get it all straightened out, I lift it up on the rack 
and I don't know if you noticed this, but you certainly will next time you get your car aligned, is on the back wall, they've got our big red dot. And what they do is they have everything, both tires get focused on that red dot. Well, what's the red dot? Well, I think the red dot is, is a number of things. The first thing we've already talked about is getting clear on what are we trying to do? Drive revenue growth, net new and cross sell. Okay, let's work together on that. Second is the who. Who are we going after? And in the sales world, uh, you know, a lot of the organizations that I worked with over the years, the mentality was you go sell, if, if they can fog a mirror and, you know, back in the day, I'm going to really date myself. If they can press hard enough while signing on uh, so that the fourth <laughs> copy is yeah. uh, legible, then they're a great candidate. Go sell them something. And while it's, it's certainly true that most organizations would say, yeah, if someone wants to buy something from us, we're going to go ahead. The reality is there is the 80-20 rule. Good old Vilfredo Pareto put this 80-20 rule. He observed it 200 years ago. It's still true. 20% of your clients bring you 80% of your revenue. 20% of your prospects have 80% of the potential. So what I say is get clear on the 20%. <laughs> And a revenue growth engine, um, in fact, we, we help clients in the book. We have a free tool that you can get to help you get clarity on your ideal client. If you want that, by the way, just text the word revenue to 21,000. That's revenue to 21,000 oh, to get great. our toolkit. But when you get clear on that ideal client, like who is the prospect that is going to have the, the potential to bring you the most revenue? then now you've got something you can point sales and marketing towards to get alignment. So it's not about sales. It's not about marketing. It's about the ideal client. The third thing is something that a lot of folks in sales and marketing haven't thought of. And it's something we've borrowed from our folks on the other side of the sale is called client or customer experience. Mm -hmm. Right before, as I was writing Revenue Growth Engine, right, it was right before the pandemic. I was out at Sales 3.0. I was also speaking at another technology conference in Orlando. Uh, the week everything shut down, that was a horrible place to be. You were there the too. The I the spoke pandemic. at that conference you too. You guys yeah, were both yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. How <laughs> yeah. fun, right? Um, so anyhow, so I was, I was out there. You guys remember that week? That was the week Disney shut down. It was a yeah. terrible time to be I was in Universal, you know, and, and then that <laughs> night they shut everything down. So I was like, whoo, <laughs> worst place on earth to be, but it's usually the happiest. <laughs> I thought at the time it was the worst, but what, one of the favorable moments that week, I had dinner with a group of uh, friends and uh, people it was one degree of separation from, and the guy crossed the table, um, you know, introducing myself as what do you do? And he goes, I work for the Disney Institute. Like, ah, boom, you got my attention, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Disney Institute teaches other companies how to create uh, magical experiences. And I said, what does the Disney Institute read? Like, where did you, where do you learn how to do all this stuff? And he goes, oh, that's easy. He said, we read The Experience Economy by Joseph Pine and James Gilmore. So immediately I'm on Amazon. I order the book. I get home and I start reading this book, The Experience Economy, and the light bulbs come on. See, if you think about it, we, in, mar in sales, we like to think about the buyer experience, right? We like to think about the sales process. Um, in marketing, we've got the whole buyer's journey and funnels and all these different things, both great paradigms. But the real, the most important thing is actually the buyer. Mm-hmm. 
the buyer, right? And so we started looking at this, a sales and marketing alignment point, rather than think first about sales process or marketing journey, buyer's journey and all of that. Instead, what if we thought about the client experience? And let's rewind that all the way back to the beginning, right? When they're a prospect, when they first encounter your company, all the way through that journey of signing their first order um, and then onboarding and hopefully expanding, especially if you're working with ideal clients. Ideal clients have the need and the ability to buy everything that you sell. So instead of looking at sales process and, and buyer journey and you know all of these things, let's actually look from the lens of the customer. Let's go to the other side of the table and look at customer experience. And what we've discovered is this becomes a very powerful alignment point. So rather than arguing about language of sales and language of marketing and metrics of sales and metrics of marketing, all, all great things, let's actually think about the ideal client and let's think about their experience and what are the stages of the customer experience and how can we remove friction and make it more compelling to move from stage to stage. Now we're creating pipeline velocity. And um, this has been extremely helpful when we're doing revenue growth workshops for organizations bringing marketing, sales, and yes, operations into the room and going, let's map out this customer experience. All of a sudden, what it sales and marketing needs to do to support that comes into focus and we get alignment. Mm-hmm. And when you get alignment, you get acceleration. What are some the of your concept- favorite specific client experiences, examples that you can give as tips yeah. and ideas for our audience? I mean, you say to enhance it, but I'd love to hear some specifics. Well, there are so many different ones. I want to focus on one stage that's common to every company, and that is the onboarding stage. So if you think about it, uh, my friend Mark Hunter, our friend Mark Hunter likes to say, mm-hmm. you don't close a sale, you open a relationship. And uh, you know that a lot of times I think that sales mentality is, I got the deal, let's go to the next one. But really, uh, the selling has just begun when that first order is approved. The marketing has just begun when the first order is approved. However, there's this massive disconnect in customer experience. The moment that the uh, prospect approves the order and becomes a customer, as sales professionals, we go back to the office and we're on cloud nine. We're high-fiving. We're uh, putting buying plane tickets for the vacation. We're, you know, we're, we're like, this is awesome. But on the other side, that new customer, what's going on with them? We all know the words buyer's remorse. So we're at an all-time high in our experience. We're like, finally, we've reached the mountain peak. And the customer is going, oh my gosh. What did I just do? <laughs> what, what if they don't come through, right? What is that going to mean to me? What's going to mean to the company? It could hurt my job. Um, you know, oh, I bought something like this before and the, the experience was, and they're going, they're crashing and burning, right? And so understanding that, and, and Joey Coleman writes a fantastic book on this topic, Never Lose a Customer Again, one of my all-time favorite books. And and Joey says, look, you've got 100 days. When we elect a new president here in the United States, the new president has 100 days. We're going to decide in that first 100 days whether we're going to vote for him again or not. And that is actually factual, scientifically backed research. Your new client, that big deal you've been working for years to land, you're high-fiving, you're a 11 out of 10 
they're a four out of 10 and dropping quickly. And in that moment, a lot of times when we're ignoring them as salespeople and when we're, you know, if we handed it off to implementation to get done, those first hundred days are so critical because that's where they decide if they're going to buy more from you. And they may not cancel at that moment. Some do, but they may not cancel, but they're making that decision. So as sales and marketing, let's think about the friction points there. Let's think about how we can alleviate those friction points and we'll set the stage for what should be the low hanging fruit, but isn't in most companies. And that's the cross sell. So there are all kinds of things you can do there, but this is so critical. So before we get to onboarding, they first have to become a client. What do you think mm-hmm. about the concept of, of applying the concept of secret shopper then to business to business sales? I think secret shoppers are a phenomenal idea. I think we should uh, ask our clients more questions. I think we should survey. Um, I think we should focus group. Uh, One of the best things we can do, marketing friends out there uh, and sales leaders, uh, revenue leaders, do case studies. Ask, you know, go out and do case studies and ask. Um, and then also a tip of the hat to my my friends who've served in the military and in law enforcement. After they talk about review. after action mm-hmm. reviews. You know, so let's let's do all of the above and let's really get our minds around what's going on at each stage of that uh, journey towards becoming a customer and then becoming a, a full client that buys everything they can buy from us. Let's understand that. Let's that that is a never ending conversation. So yes, secret shoppers surveys, case studies, after action reviews, whatever you can do. This is the job of sales leadership to really get in there and understand that stuff because then we can put processes in place to ensure that uh, those stages of the client experience are seamless and compelling. So I have a two-part question for you. They're related. Uh, What's the most common thing that people in sales do to undermine sales and marketing alignment? Great question. Um, you know, marketing does, marketing does a really, they work hard. Your marketing people work hard. You may not think they do. They do. They're Mm -hmm. working hard and they are, um, they're working hard to create stuff that are, is going to help you succeed. So first of all, read it, (laughs) you know, salespeople, you know, we tend to just gloss over, um, some of the stuff that gets put in our inbox or on our desk. Um, first of all, read it. Second of all, I think the best thing you can do if you're a sales leader or a salesperson that goes, this marketing's garbage. Well, help. And yes. here's one of the best ways you can help. Bring your marketing person along on a field ride or invite them into a customer conversation on a Zoom call. Take them to lunch and begin to have discussions about what you're hearing from your clients. Because in the absence of that, in the absence of like real world experience and even down to like the words to say, marketing is always going to fall back on um, generic stuff. Our company can help you be more productive while cutting expenses and improving security. You know, it's like market, you know, it, that's where we have to go as marketers unless we have specific context. So if you think your marketing is garbage or wishy-washy or ineffective or out of point, um, three fingers point back at you and you're pointing at that marketing department, spend time with them, sales leaders, salespeople, um, you know, spend time if possible, like share the same office, like get, get work together. 
So then obviously the next part of the question is what's the most common thing that marketing people do to undermine the sales marketing alignment? Well, I think it's the exact same side of the coin. They don't listen. And in Revenue Growth Engine, um, which by the way, when you text revenue to 21,000, if you want a free copy, I'll, I'll send you one, just pay shipping and handling on that. But at the beginning of the book, one of my pointed recommendations to marketing people is get out of the office. <laughs> it's like, get out of the office. And, you know, there, there are so many wonderful, awesome, incredible, shiny objects right now in marketing tactics. It's a fascinating and phenomenal field. Um, and by the way, sales leaders, be open-minded. Uh, there's, you know, traditional sales strategies, marketing strategies don't need to go away, but be open-minded to trying some of this new stuff. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. But all, all of that to say, marketing people, if whether you're doing traditional marketing or you're doing the latest cutting edge marketing, it's going to be much more effective if you can go out and listen to the ideal clients and what they're saying. And this is so important right now because we're in a like rapidly shifting marketplace. I mean, what buyers wanted before the pandemic changed into the pandemic. And now it's just, you know, you got to have your ears to the ground and uh, marketing people, you got to escape the generic corporate buzzword soup, garbage marketing and listen to your clients and get them to tell you specifically what they want to accomplish. As hyperbole, Lee will tell you, I'm constantly saying that is the most empty thing I've ever mm -hmm. heard come out of your mouth. What does P that people mean? People will talk paragraphs or whatever, and they <laughs> yeah. actually told you totally nothing. And, and be flexible. We created a whole messaging deck for a new product we have. And then we, our salesperson was getting a, gave a bunch of feedback and some of the objections and some of the things that were message points that hadn't even occurred to us. And so don't dig your heels in and say, well, I wrote this and this is Pat. It's got to be a living, breathing document. Yeah, so, so what you did well there is you in included sales in the process of yes, actually preparing of the messaging deck. Uh, yeah. And then what? Then when we asked sales then to do a do a demo uh, using the messaging deck, they went off and wrote their own messaging deck or whatever, and totally ignored the stuff that they <laughs> created with marketing. So that's got to be frustrating, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, but I would just look at those as dashboard lights, right? When you see situations happen like that, mm -hmm. you know, there's a dashboard light. It's kind of you know, to use the engine analogy, your engine light just popped on. Something's wrong, um, mm -hmm. and it's probably it's. it's you know, we got leaders listening into this call. So it's probably a leadership issue. And, okay. and so one of the best things that sales leaders can do to ensure alignment with sales and marketing has nothing to do with sales and nothing to do with marketing. It's actually to upgrade your leadership skills. And that's one of the things I love about what you're doing here at the podcast is you're helping people upgrade their leadership skills because there is a, uh, you know, of course, Drucker said culture eat strategy for breakfast. Um, there's creating that culture. Um, there's creating learning moments. So that moment when marketing creates something and sales, you know, <laughs> trashes it, does something different is a learning moment. Lead through it. Be a leader. Who, who should take the lead on having on, on deciding what the red dot is? I mean, who, who, who the ideal customer is? Because I could see sales and marketing fighting over that. Until you get clear on that, you're not going to get aligned. And this is... You know, it's been really interesting when we do a growth strategy workshop and I, I get to facilitate a lot of these, some of our, our growth guides do as well. It's so fun to me to get everybody in the room and, and it starts with a really simple question. And in Revenue Growth Engine, we coach you how to just have this conversation with your team. But I, I think the simple question is, 
who's your favorite client and what do you like about them? Um, and, and that begins the discussion of people starting to identify, oh, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. There may be, you know, there may be, uh, 30,000 business targets in our local metro area. Uh, there may be 5 million targets nationwide or worldwide, but when we start to understand the people that appreciate us, we appreciate them, the qualitative side, and then start to add up the quantitative side of what if they bought everything they could buy from us? Like, what would they actually be worth over 10 years? Then, then, then everyone, then, then the definition starts to bubble up and that's where people go. Okay. And so marketing personas, fantastic, you know, sales targets, great. But when everyone gets there and starts with that current customer base and goes, all right, who do we really like, who do when there's one type of client, when the phone rings or the email comes in, you go, there's another type of client where you just can't wait to talk to him. Well, I want more of those, right? So let's define what the characteristics of those are and let's go after them together. That's a great idea. My God, this has gone so quickly, Daryl. RevenueGrowthEngine.net is your website. You've got the consulting and the podcast and the book. How do you want people to engage with you other than that text that you uh, mentioned? Oh, we always love connecting with anyone in, in sales leadership and uh, entrepreneurs. I, I have an entrepreneurial heart. My passion is helping generous uh, companies grow. If you want some tools, I'll give you the number again. It's text the word REVENUE to 21,000. That's revenue to 21,000. That'll point you through to the site. You can get the book and a uh, whole Perfect. bunch of free tools. I want to do everything I can to help you grow. Great this conversation. Yeah. Great conversation. Great tips. Thanks, Daryl. Appreciate your You're time. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.